you're listening to Say Yes to Travel with your host, Sarah Dandeshi. Well, welcome back to another episode of Say Yes to Travel, uh, where we have been talking with all sorts of individuals within the hospitality industry from those in the front of the house, from marketing, from directors of revenue, really seeing how everybody has taken this time to pivot and learn and uh, be agile in such a such an interesting time, especially within the hospitality and travel industry. And I know we've covered a lot of different different topics, but I'm particularly excited about today's guest. Uh, I have Amy Dreheim here, who is a podcast host and hospitality marketing consultant. She's got a really interesting backstory and even just what she's been able to do during this time as well too. So I'm so excited to sit here, talk to her, hear more about what she's done and be able to share some insights with you all. So without further ado, Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Sarah, thanks for having me. Well, it's great. So we'd love to just, you know, kind of give everybody a bit of a backstory on you and what, you know, what's been your relationship to the hospitality industry and, and, Tell us a little bit more about you. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So um, let's see. Well, I got into hospitality by way of writing. So I am originally my first uh, my first role was a an author. I wrote a novel, a, a young adult novel that was actually a dark comedy. And um, after publishing that book with Simon and Schuster when I was pretty young, I would say twenty five. Um, that's my amazing, sort of, by the way. Thank you. Well, my family sort of, they said, you know what, Amy, you're such a good writer. You should really get into marketing. Um, and I started working in tech, actually, for marketing, um, marketing self-storage, senior living. It wasn't the most, let's say, sexy field, right? And um, I had this opportunity to trade senior living, self-storage for steaks and spas and start working with hotels and restaurants and travel. And so it was this really exciting pivot for me. So I went from, you know, creative writing into marketing for tech, into marketing for hospitality. And I've been working in hospitality since um, 2012, I think. So about eight years. Um, I started out working with one property and it became three properties, all based in Oregon, which is where I live. This is Bend, Oregon. Oregon. Um, And then I was asked, yeah, and then I was asked to do um, to to do sort of the high level marketing for an entire portfolio um, under a small hotel group. So I started doing high level marketing, managing marketing teams, managing all of our campaigns and strategy, working in branding sessions. And then after about five years, I decided to go out on my own, which was a scary thing, but it was also um, it was something that got me very excited at the what hospitality had taught me is that I love travel, that I do love writing. And, um, and I thought, you know, what better way to combine these worlds by going out on my own, being able to still work with hotels, but independently, and then also be able to pursue really my desire to travel the world. So that's what I've been up to for the last three years as an independent um, hospitality marketing consultant. Oh, that's exciting. Well, and it's so great because when you're able to go ahead and combine all of these interests into one world, and especially if you do love travel and you love hospitality, there's such a story to be told there. 
So I'm sure that you've been able to, um, that's just been interesting to be able to not only go and experience and explore all these wonderful places, but help tell their story and share them with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it's been, um, I think it's, it's really interesting getting to work with hotels from all across the U.S., a lot on the West Coast, um, but also internationally working with some of the properties that I've stayed with that I now get to um, represent, um, you know, in the digital space, basically, as a marketer. Which is incredible. Okay, so naturally, that's been the space that you've been working in. And um, well, like many of us, uh, certainly come when March of 2020 hit, everything has changed. So um, can you talk through a little bit about like, what was that like for you? Um, what changes were you seeing and, and, you know, kind of how you navigated that whole, that whole time? Yeah. So up to that point, I mean, I had just been in growth mode, um, and hotels were really booming up to that point. Right. So I was working with, um, you know, probably close to a dozen different independent hotels, resorts, um, properties with spas and restaurants. So a lot of different marketing things happening. And then March, 14th, 15th hit, and we started to get very scared, you know, and and some of the properties started to close. And with that, they needed to start to furlough their own employees. And of course, they're looking at a marketing consultant and thinking, okay, look, our our occupancy is now went from, you know, 70% down to 3%. Uh, Yeah, definitely. We're lucky, depending on where we are. And Mm -hmm. so our budget is now not a nothing right? Amy, we'll see you in a few months. Um, Wish us luck sort of thing. And I was like, oh, no, no, this is not how it ends. Now is the time, like, now is the moment that you need to communicate with your past guests. You are not going to let this database that we've been building for so many years together, just, you know, fly by the wayside. These people, travelers, prospective guests, people whose travel have been canceled or postponed, whose weddings are, you know, on hold, they need to be communicated with. We need to actually emerge as leaders here, not as, you know, not, we should not be silent right now, basically. So, but my property said zero dollars. So how do we do this? Right. So, so I decided to launch a podcast, a podcast about hospitality and marketing, where I could basically help my hotels continue to communicate and sort of see their way through the smoke and everything else and be able to market themselves, actually. So when it comes to email campaigns, what sort of message should we be sending right from the GM, right? Like we, we're not going to be promoting spring break right now, but we could say, hey, I'm on property. We're maintaining the grounds. The flowers are starting to bloom. And you know what? Things are going to be okay. In a few months, we will welcome you back. And it's going to be, you know, and it's going to be amazing. So we started putting, so I started, it sounds strange, but this, so this was basically my podcast was these teaching episodes that were very actionable that hotels could listen to and then take action. And, um, and the properties that I was working with on a limited basis, we rolled all these things out as I was teaching them and we saw some amazing results. So, um, you know, that type of personal, like highly personal, heartfelt message was getting double the open rates that our regular emails were getting. And so this was working. And then, as you know, like this, there's the pandemic, and then there's also the sort of resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. And it 
it hit me, I think at the end of May, that my podcast wasn't just for my own teaching and to have a female voice in hospitality sort of guiding a conversation, but also to bring voices from the community that aren't often heard. So I started having guests on my podcast, uh, people in the boutique um, hotel space, um, hoteliers, um, people of color. We have like Damon Lawrence, who is the founder of Homage Hospitality, who came on the show to talk about how to create a space that was actually truly welcoming. Um, so I realized I had a lot more work to do. And this podcast was, um, it, it just sort of like bloomed and grew and became this resource on a lot of different levels, not just teaching, but also educating and inspiring and trying to make this hotel space a space that's truly welcoming. And it's like, if, if we are shutting our doors, let's reopen them even better than before. And that's kind of how that's what's happened. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it's so interesting. And I love that you were able to do that. And it's interesting. And that's why I was actually so excited to talk to you today, because um, even though different, you and I definitely have a lot of similarities in, in that regard, as far as being in the industry. And then all of a sudden, like, okay, whoa, what do we, everything's stopping. But then, well, we're not just going to stop and just like, sit here and wait until like, things open up again. It's like, how can we be proactive? How can we give back in this time where we can share with other people and tap into our networks? Because it is so interesting, you know, all the people that we know. And I, I love hearing how you were like, okay, well, the, fine. The traditional models of what we were doing before, we're not, you know, we're not maybe doing that, but how can you still give back and help educate people and create that safe space and even let it evolve too. So I love hearing how you were able to evolve and have, have different guests on as well. So, um, so, but wait, we have to talk about, so when did marketing in a box happening happen? How, how, what's all that? Yeah. So, so, so two things happened. Well, first of all, at the start of the pandemic, you know, with the zero budget, I had a lot of time on my hands. And so, I, I built out this podcast, started recording episodes, you know, realized the need to start bringing in speakers and create this more inspirational content as well. Um, and at the same time, I was doing a small amount of work for my hotel clients, as I said. And I started to think about, uh, I started to think about the difference between the properties that I worked with and who had contracted me to do marketing for them and the places that I went to stay when I had a chance to travel. And there was this huge disconnect, right? I was doing marketing for properties that tended to be like city center, in the action, um, that type of property. When I would travel on my own, I would go to like an eco, some a remote eco lodge in like the Canary Islands, or I would go um, swim with whale sharks in La Paz. Like I was doing very off the beaten path type travel. And I started to think like, how could, how could I help these smaller properties that are often family owned, you know, 10 rooms or less. Sometimes the rooms are actually more like tree houses or they're canvas tents, right? How can I help these properties share their stories? Particularly because I felt that because as a result of the pandemic, people would start to crave those types of experiences more than the city center properties. So like, yeah, so like people would probably, instead of checking off a bucket list this year of like getting to Rome and getting to, you know, all these 
pretty busy tourist destinations that they would start to look in their own backyard or they would start to seek out places that were more untouched. Those are the type of places that I naturally tend to want to travel to. So I reached out to those properties and said, hey, you have a story that we should really tell. And I have you know, time on my hands right now. Let me help you market your property because when this pandemic is over, which of course is a bit of wishful thinking, people are going to be seeking out your type of destinations. People are going to be more likely to want to travel to these remote places and have these unplugged experiences. So of course that was an offer that they couldn't really refuse free marketing. So I started working with these properties. Um, but with limited time, because here I am now running a podcast, working in some capacity with my regular hotels, and now bringing on these eco lodges, I was like, okay, I need to build this in such a way that um, that you can take it and run with it, basically. So yeah, I started scalable as well. Yeah, so I started putting these guides together, where basically this, like a property, for instance, in Belize was doing everything, right? The owner was also the operations manager, the front desk person, maybe even cleaning rooms, maybe making breakfast for the guests and doing their marketing. So oh this God. person had a sense of what needed to get done. They're on Instagram, right? They're on Facebook, they do email, but they don't have the strategy behind it. So I built these workbooks so that they could they could get more out of the, the efforts that they were already putting in. They could get more out of their time. So the workbooks, Again, sort of like these teaching episodes on the podcast, they really worked. We started to see um, followers increase on Instagram um, between you know April and today. We have like twenty percent increase in our followers because we're starting to share better content. We have a hashtag strategy in place. We're doing stories. We're doing video. Um, but this is all really me handing off a worksheet and then the client running with it. And so yeah. I was doing this work for free, but I realized I built all these resources and I was like, let me package this up so that other prop small hotels that are doing the work and really just need a guide can use this resource too. Um, and that's marketing in a box basically. So your budget's been cut, your marketing team is gone. It's up to you grab this guide. And it's basically a subscription box gets delivered to your inbox every month. You open it up, you have a guide for email, web and social, and you run with it. And halfway through the month, you get a dashboard from me that's going to show you how you're performing on web, social, email. You'll get a call with me and we'll spend an hour together going through those results and talking about what you could be doing better. Um, wow. It's such a brilliant idea. That's so cool. I mean, especially, you know, that's definitely an area that, I mean, I'm not necessarily as familiar with it from your angle, but as far as, you know, kind of creating content and helping and working with brands in that capacity, uh, it is really fascinating that you've been able to do this and give them that sort of that guidance, because it's, it's amazing that it's, you know, just with some, obviously there's a lot of nuances to it for sure, but you know, in a time like this, when everything is so bare bones to kind of give them the, the, you know, the, this guidance, what people are able to do. So is it almost like every month you share like different tips or is it, is it geared towards like, is it kind of like the destination or like the, whether it's holiday specific or, or just to give us an idea? Yeah, it's, it's pretty timely. Um, so it's based on this, you know, if the season right now is, um, well, let's see. So the season that we're in, um, we talked about, you know, that email campaign that I shared with you. So basically sending a personal message. So when your property is ready to reopen, ready to return to business, like for instance, our client in Belize, they just reopened their doors October 1st. So it was time to send a message from 
the Spring family, the family that owns that property. So she was able to follow that guide, that email guide to writing a message that's heartfelt and highly personal. And um, I think she had 40 or 50% open rate on that email, which is really cool. And um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's somewhere between a template and like a, um, it's just like how, I, how I'm speaking to you. It's like, first you want to do this. You're going you're gonna to want to tell them about your property, what's been changing, what does the season look like, and let's talk about what guests can expect. Let's talk about what we're look, looking forward to, what we miss the most, that type of stuff. And then they're welcome to send me their drafts and I can review it. It doesn't take me long to take a peek and give them pointers too. Yeah, exactly. So that being said, uh, I mean, this has just been so incredible that you've been able to to come up with this. And what a what a great way to still be able to provide a service, but just like it, you know, they really make sense for everyone all the way around. Uh, so what, you know, obviously you're also consuming what people are doing, you know, what other, um, you know, hoteliers might be doing. Are there any like, I mean, I don't want to say necessarily mistakes per se, but for a lack of a better word, mistakes that maybe that you are seeing that you can be like, okay, I'm seeing a lot of people maybe focus on X, Y, Z, and it would be great if they did like a slight shift to do, you know, similar to how you were saying how to make sure to have like the communication from the general manager, how there was that personal touch. Anything that you've been seeing? Yeah. I think marketing is definitely getting more and more personal. When you when you talk about a, ho- a mistake hotels are making, they're jumping to um, communicate sales and offers. They're thinking, okay, if I lower my rate, people will come back. And that is not the case in this market, right? In this pandemic environment that we're in, people are not shopping around for rate. They're actually shopping around. If they are shopping around, if they're ready and they feel safe to travel, they're looking for a place that's going to feel safe, a place that's going to feel familiar, a place that's going to tell them um, that it's that it's clean. But also, I would say to hotels, take that further. Don't stop at your cleaning protocol. Um, with the properties I work with now, we're building social distancing guides. That sounds kind of funny, but it's like, look, if you want to dine in a restaurant, these are our favorite outdoor patios. These are the best places to go. If you're traveling with family and you're needing to work remote and do school remote, we're going to put an extra desk in your room. So um, so it's really more about beefing up the guest experience and meeting the customers where they are. It is not about dropping your rate. I think that's the biggest thing. I do not want to send email communications to guests with like 30, 40% off offers. That's not going to get people to buy. We're not going to see those numbers in Google Analytics. But when we tell compelling stories, when we build guides, like social distancing guides, we see click-throughs, we see opens, and it's like the wheels are turning. People are you know, considering your destination. And I think that you'll end up seeing the conversion and the revenue from that when they're ready to travel. Yeah, absolutely. And I I love that you're talking about that because I know at the beginning, a lot of people were like, okay, what do we do with our rates? Like, why do we, you know, do we just like drop them? How are we bringing people in? But you're completely spot on. And it's like, people aren't necessarily shopping for like the best deals. I mean, yes, people, some people are like, yeah, am I going to get a, a deal? But more so they want to feel safe. They want to feel taken care of. They want to know that, you know, the properties are doing the best that they can. And I love that you've, you're you working with them to come up with these guides because, you know, depending on the property, I mean, my background is being a concierge. So traditionally speaking, I was always helping the guests kind of learn and explore not only the property, but the surrounding area. 
because that is part of the travel experience. It's, you know, you're, you're not just going necessarily just to the hotel resorts are a little bit different, but, uh, but you know, you want to kind of be that, that guide and to give them all of that information. It not only helps them feel safe, I think at the property, but the safe at the destination overall. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even properties that still aren't able to reopen, it's like, don't stop communicating. I think it's really important to keep sending messages, be active on social media, even if you can't post on social, for instance, like the fires in Napa Valley, it's it's a really, really scary time. And it's like, we don't want to, you know, say the wrong thing. We are so thankful for the firefighters and the first responders. Um but we need to continue to engage and like interact with that audience. We need to be once again, sending a personal message from the property. If, if, and when we know that we're in the clear and that we're safe, we need to send that same sort of a message. It's like a repeat from April that things are going to be okay here on property. Things are okay. Here's what we're expecting in the future. And (laughs) there's no discount in these emails and these emails are getting the best open rates that you can imagine because they're, um, they're highly personal and that's what people are, people are looking for. Um, to your point about like about the concierge service, I think, um, for properties that aren't open and, and properties that are, I think being that community partner is so important. Building those partnerships, um, and opening your doors to your community is big. So that's the other thing I think is interesting that we've seen during this time. Properties that that have long considered themselves the community partner, bringing in local art, bringing in local music. Um, when they shut their doors, they just sort of boarded things off. And I think that's a mistake. I think it's really important, even if you're not welcoming travelers, to welcome your locals. Um, continue to do sort of activations that invite them in in some way or invite them, you know, on your out in your outdoor spaces, um, continue to be a community partner because those locals are, um, going to be the ones that are talking you up and it's sort of a word of mouth type advertising. You can continue to do um, more organically. Do you agree with that, Sarah? Oh, completely, completely agree with that. And I love that you say that because, you know, again, it's, it's, not necessarily the hotel is part of the destination. Yeah. And I, I mean, very, very early on, I'm sure you probably remember and saw this all over social media, but very early on when everything was kind of shutting down where you had all the different hotels and many big hotel brands that were, you know, putting the hearts in their windows as far as they were like lighting up the windows to make heart shapes and, and that, or saying thank you to, um, you know, uh, the, hospitality workers, thank you to all that are, that are giving back at this time. And I I mean, for me, I was like, okay, kudos to them. Those, and that was almost like the essence of hospitality that even in a time where they were struggling, they still were like, we're here for you. We want to give back. And that to me, it's anytime I saw a property that did that, I immediately was like, okay, cool. Like brownie points for them, you know? Yeah, yeah, completely. Yeah, I totally agree. I think being that really stepping up when times are tough and doing something for others, as we know, on a personal level, that actually doing things for others will make you feel better, too. So during these times of uncertainty, really helping your neighbors um, is going to help you, whether you're an individual or a hotel. Um, I think that that does also pay off in the long run. And that's sort of playing the long game instead of the short game. Absolutely. And, you know, even I think also what's interesting is that you know, we're, we're all in this together, whether you're working in the hospitality industry or part of it, or whether you're a traveler, we're all in this together. So, 
I, I mean, even, you know, keeping people engaged in some sort of dialogue, sharing them as part of the experience. Let's say if a property does, you know, have to close down for a bit and then they have to gear up to then open. Were you also seeing that sharing maybe a little bit of that experience on social or in email exchanges? Was there a positive response to that? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, and that's sort of what I'm talking about, like being a community partner. It's like, those are all messages that can be shared. You know, obviously you're not doing it to say, hey, can I get a cookie for what I just did? But those are all stories that you want to continue to share and people will engage with that. People will share that. Like you're saying, people will sort of like mark it off like, okay, yeah, that's a place I want to return to. So um, yes, I would definitely say continue to share. Um, yeah, share definitely share those stories. Does that answer that? Yeah. 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 No, no. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, so what would you, I mean, goodness, now that we're, so first of all, back in March, I don't think any of us thought that in October, we would maybe still be having some of these conversations. (laughs) We were all like, Oh yeah, I'll see you in June. Maybe, maybe, probably may, but I'll see you in June. And then it's like July, August. Um, and you know, now we're, we're here really wrapping up, you know, going into our fourth quarter and um, what, and this is kind of a, a broad question, so you can do with it what you will, but um, what sort of um, lessons do you think that you've learned from this time or you've seen businesses learn that you want to make sure that these hoteliers can take with them? I think, um, gosh. I know, I know. That it is, it's a big question. I mean- <laughs> I'll tell you yesterday, like my husband just just yesterday, he sent me three articles from the New York Times that are all speaking to hotels that are distraught, that are overdue on their loans, that are closing and this and that. And it's really tough to read uh, those stories, right? So we do know that there's there's um, there's a lot of these stories in hospitality and our industry as a whole is suffering a great deal. But there are also... A lot of properties that aren't dealing with that right now. There are pro- there are independent hotels that are smaller, 100 rooms or less, that are actually a lot more nimble and have been able to adapt in really interesting ways. And I think we can all learn from those independent hotels. Um, like the example of you know opening up your doors to the community. Monique Lane, who was on my podcast, um, she's the owner of the Downtown Clifton Hotel in Tucson. She's done a great job with this. Um, so she, for example, her property is th- is 30 rooms, I think. And she's like, we're nimble. We're able to adapt. Um, we're able to respond. We're able to open our doors to um, first responders, um, people that just need a place to stay or people that just need a drink. So she's been adapting. Her bar initially wasn't uh, the thing that she thought would make money for her property. And her bar is actually the thing that's really carrying her through the pandemic by opening it up, you know, by opening her doors and welcoming, to, welcoming the community. So I think you need to really take this cue from independent hotels, which is to look at what we have in front of us and then how can we sort of reframe it just like marketing in a box or my podcast. It's like, how can hotels do this sort of creative thinking um, and present their pro and, and continue to use their property. So how can they rethink the use? And so maybe that's, and we're doing this with some of the, the independent hotels I work with now, we're taking our meeting space that isn't going to get used for a while and they're converting it into co-working space. They're doing independent, you know, desks and offering the hotel amenities, the hotel level of, you know, 
cleaning and service. So you know what you're, you know what you can expect to get. Um, these smaller properties also have the opportunity to put together buyouts. So they're doing, you know, if somebody's wedding, huge wedding was canceled in May, they could actually come to our property in November and do a buyout and have all 25 rooms to the, themselves and have catering and all this stuff. And it's a safe environment. So these independent, we can look at independent hotels, particularly those outside of city centers where they have these different outlets and they're able to um, activate things in different ways. I think we can all learn from them. They've been able to adapt and pivot and actually are able to, to see revenue, aren't needing to drop their rates. And maybe some of this stuff will stick around. Um, graduate hotels is another example. I just heard from the head of the graduate hotels um, this year, which makes sense. This is totally on brand for him. They pivoted. And instead of being the hotel for students and their parents, they became sort of like a dorm extension. So there's long-term stays for students who want to go to school, but can't necessarily be on campus. Yeah. So, brilliant, brilliant move on their part. And yeah. it's, again, it's, it's like natural extension. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with them. And I, I love that they've been able to do that. But it's, it is cool to see how people have, you know, how different hotels and and you are seeing you're correct in that kind of like the smaller boutique hotels are a little bit more nimble to be able to do that and that is um i actually just saw recently as well that even you know like proper hotels for example they seem they are going to be um doing a partnership with uh i think it's industrious which is a co-working space again taking this co-working concept where we're seeing some of these hotels say, hey, yeah, you can come and work here um, and have access to those amenities, as you mentioned. But I, I am it is curious to see what they've done, but it'll also be really interesting to see what stays after we kind of slowly come out of this. Yeah, yeah. I was asking about I was asking the I can't remember his name, but the, the head of the graduate hotels. I was asking him, Do you think this is gonna stick around? Is this something you're gonna offer? He's like, I don't know. Anyway, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't know. Well, and that's the whole thing. It was funny because I was actually just going to ask you, like, what what do you think? On one hand, it's like, what do you think will stay? But I also, I'm kind of a, a, a believer of that, you know, people, we're creatures of habit, you know? And so there's so much that, like, that will go back to the way it was before. I'd probably say... 85, 90% kind of like what it was before. And then there'll be that 10%-ish of like new, whether it's new procedures or new protocols as well that we'll kind of like see, I think, move into the future. But um, it is hard to maybe pinpoint what will be um, the the one thing, because again, I guess it is so property specific. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I agree with you. I think... Um... I think every property will be a little bit different. I think we'll continue to see this trend of road trips, of people checking out their own backyard instead of feeling like they need to, you know, jet across the world. Who knows when we'll be able to do that and even be allowed to cross I know, I know. Um, so we've got, you know, we're sort of forced to explore our background, backyard and it turns out our backyards are actually pretty damn cool. Like I can definitely say that in Bend, Oregon, there's places that I hadn't been to um, that I'm only now exploring just because I don't have the option to jet off somewhere. Um, and that's actually a really good thing. That's probably a good thing for all of us. It, it's um, a great thing. And I, I think so many of us can relate to that, that it's like, oh, cool. You know, I've always had this on my list, but we're all too often, I think, um, enamored with like the longer distances and maybe the what's so exotic where it's like, well, actually, there are places that are pretty close to where we live 
that are pretty spectacular. And this has now given us that chance to explore those. And, you know, also I think probably be a little bit more family friendly options as well too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely, great. Well, Amy, this has been such an incredible conversation. I, again, like I said at the beginning, but I really do love your story and I love how you've just, you know, pivoted in this time and, and been able to, you know, give back, grow yourself as well too, but also, you know, share such invaluable information within the industry. And, um, and then even, you know, again, like, you know, marketing in the box is just like, where has that been? That's amazing. Such a, such a brilliant, brilliant, uh, you know, idea and love that. So, um, for everybody that's listening, where can they find you? Where can they listen to your podcast, find out more, share all the details? Yeah. So you can find me, um, pretty much everywhere. I'm everywhere. <laughs> um, let's see. You can find me on LinkedIn, Amy Dreheim. You can find my podcast. It's called How to Share Podcasts. So all the typical places you might listen on Apple, on Spotify, um, most of the other places as well. Um, you can, yeah, LinkedIn, podcast. You can find me on Instagram. My personal account is Amy Dreheim, all one word. And you can also find and follow How to Share Podcasts. Um, that's our, the little account that's growing too. Um, yeah. And that's about it. And you can reach me through any of those channels as well. That's amazing. Well, Amy, thank you again so very much. This was so interesting. And, um, I'm just excited to, to hear all the the wonderful feedback that we're going to get from this as well too. So, uh, thank you again. Thanks to everybody also for tuning in. Um, as always, we're going to bring some wonderful, exciting guests moving forward. Um, but, Definitely, if you heard this podcast, be sure to share it uh, with other hospitality lovers as well, too. And as always, don't forget to say yes to travel. Thanks again.